tape on her boobies. Meanwhile, Drake dressed up in a Kanye Yeezus face mask and Miley Cyrus dressed up as little Kim with a pasty on. You can see the best of the celebrity Halloween costumes on the Miss Info blog. It's your Hot 97 News Update with Miss Info on Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on Shopping While Black. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, and at Street underscore Soldiers. Our question, our focus, does the color of your skin get you treated as a suspect when you go into a store? Give us a call right now at one 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Have you been stopped and frisked when you're just trying to buy something? Do you work as store security? Do you want to tell us what you see and what's really going on behind the scenes? Maybe you're one of the police officers in Midtown who's been involved in this and wants to give us your point of view. Give us a call now at 1 800 223 9797. That's 1 800 223 9797. Or hit me up on Twitter at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers. It now has a name. It's called Shop and Frisk or Shopping While Black. And let me bring you up to speed on what's been going on before I introduce our panel and our guests and take your telephone calls at 1 800 223 9797. New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman has launched an investigation into security practices at Barney's and Macy's. This comes after four incidents where black shoppers were stopped by police outside the stores after making purchases with their own credit cards. At Barney's, a nursing student who bought a a $2,500 Celine bag and a college student who bought a $350 Ferragamo belt were stopped by police outside the store. The big question is why? They made the purchase. They had their own credit cards. They were out there ready on their way home. Why did that happen? Now, the CEO of Barney's, met with Reverend Al Sharpton and community leaders in Harlem, but he insists that Barney's does not racially profile its customers. The CEO of Barney's says the NYPD was acting independently of store security. But police say that's not the case. The NYPD says they were tipped off, and uh, Police Commissioner Kelly is investigating. Now, at Macy's, uh, star of HBO's hit series Treme, his name is Robert Brown, he claims he was paraded through the store in handcuffs after buying a thirty a $1,300 Movado watch for his mother with his own credit card. He's suing. Another man, Art Palmer of Brooklyn, was stopped by police outside Macy's after buying $320 worth of polo shirts and ties with his Macy's Platinum card and American Express card. Macy's says these incidents were NYPD operations. They won't comment on them. Uh, because of the ongoing litigation. But what's really going on here, besides a whole lot of finger-pointing and investigations? And is, are we going to see a bunch of investigations and we never find out what they really find out? Let's see what our guests have to say about this. Joining me in studio is Norman Siegel. He is a civil rights attorney. He's been on the front line of this issue and many civil rights issues in our city and country. Norman, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. Good morning, Lisa and listeners. And also with us is Nikita Banks. She's a licensed social worker and uh, worked with the Midtown Community Court. Nikita, thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. We appreciate it. And also joining us is Abe. Abe, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, Abe works as store security, so we're going to get his take on it. And also with us is uh, Professor 
Raymond D'Angelo. Professor D'Angelo, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Good morning to everyone. Good morning, and thank you for being with us. He's a sociology professor at St. Joseph's College, co-author of Taking Sides, Clashing Views in Race and Ethnicity, and also the author of the American Civil Rights Movement. Norman Siegel, I want to start with you because you were there at that press conference with Eric Adams and Art Palmer, the man from Brooklyn who was just going shopping at Macy's with his own money and ended up out on the streets being frisked. What bothers you the most about these situations? It raises a serious question that racial profiling is going on, that people in these retail stores and or the NYPD are stereotyping people of color, particularly African Americans. And we New Yorkers have seen this before. We need somebody to hold them accountable. And this has to stop. You cannot, in a public accommodation, which is what these stores are, you cannot discriminate based on race. It's something that History teaches us you have to speak up, you have to hold people accountable, and that's what we're trying to do here. All right, 1-800-223-9797. Give us a call. We're talking about shopping while black, racial profiling while shopping. Hit us up on Twitter at street underscore soldiers. Nikita Banks, you worked in this Midtown Community Court. You saw a lot of these cases where there was actual shoplifting that took place. What did you think was going on when you first heard about these cases that we just learned of these last couple weeks? Um, I wasn't surprised. Not a lot of people shop. Um, people who work in the court or in our clinics shopped at um, stores like Macy's. Macy's, I think, is one of the, the worst um, as far as these cases go. Um, I worked in the clinic at a Midtown Community Court, and basically I taught a shoplifting prevention class, which is what people uh, took after they were arrested. And... Um, Shoplift, why were they taught shoplifting prevention? They were taught... Yes. Uh, they're arrested for shoplifting, and then they're taught shoplifting prevention? You yes. mean, like, how not to steal? Yes. Um, basically, the the philosophy behind it is that... Okay, I'm a little confused about that <laughs> one, so I need help on that. Basically, the philosophy behind it is that usually people who steal do it for an emotional reason. Oh, uh, okay. And so the, we're going to talk. So, we're going to talk so about. So we that. would we would um, work with them to find out what their situation was, what they were feeling that day, what happened in the store, how they felt about being arrested, and all those things. But usually, what would happen with these cases is that we would find out that people were accused of stealing stuff that they claimed they didn't steal. Okay, we're going to get into that. I want to talk about that. And also want to talk about the psychological effects too. If you are concerned about being profiled, if you're not engaged in any criminal activity like these four shoppers were you're just there shopping what does that do to your self-image what does that do to your sense of safety and who you are professor raymond d'angelo thank you so much for joining us us this morning what do you make of these cases well these cases but clearly we can't deny what's happening and it it seems uh, like everyone agrees that it's racial profiling But I I think the question is whether or not profiling is defensible public policy. And the the defense for the policies uh, that come from the police department and from other law enforcement agencies, I think, are now in in conflict with uh, uh, discrimination here. If if I can jump in, I think uh, I've always said that you can take into account race as one factor among many. But you can't take into account race exclusively. For example, I'm walking down the street, and I get mugged by someone, and it's a young black man. 
I can tell the cops that it was a young black man, but they have to ask me how tall he was. What was he wearing? What was his hair like? What was he have any scars? Race can be a factor. If I say a black guy mugged me, they shouldn't be interviewing anyone other than the With black other people. defining defining characteristics. But it's got to be a profile of everything. Race can be one part of it. The problem here is that it appears that they use race as not only the most important factor, but perhaps the only factor, and that's illegal. Kathleen Daniel, you're joining us right now. For, you're an activist from Brooklyn. You say this is reminding you of back in the day in the, the pre-civil rights era where blacks were not allowed to go in certain places. Absolutely. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, and thank you for joining us. This is, we've sung this song before. We absolutely know the lyrics. There was a time when African Americans couldn't go into certain shops to shop. It, clearly, there was a time when we were allowed to spend our money there that we weren't allowed to go into the front entrance. We couldn't sit at the counters. So here we have the same thing. We have monetized the black experience. You can go into a store and buy a $50 t-shirt that says Brooklyn or Bed-Stuy, where I'm from, but you really can't stay in that store very long. And if you do go in, you have to show four pieces of ID to write a check where probably someone with fairer skin dressed in a much less decent manner than you are with bad credit can go in, not show any ID and write the same check or swipe their credit card. So we've sung this song continually. And the question that that we have to pose ourselves is when are we going to stop this? It is okay to be black when someone that's not in the black community is making money from that experience. So you're saying also too, you were telling us before during the week when we were communicating with you about being on the show that it's your, your, you're making this, the skin color is becoming the crime. Absolutely. It's not becoming the crime. Unfortunately, it has always been the crime. People were targeted in Africa for slavery because it was so easy to tell the difference. So they didn't go into Europe and Asia to find slaves and serfs. And they had a serfdom situation there, did they not? No, we were targeted because we are black, because we were obvious. We were bred because we were black. And today we are stopped, we are frisked, we are harassed, we are dehumanized and dismantled morally because we are black. In in the day of YouTube and camera phones and Twitter, all anyone has to do is take a picture of you being handcuffed or interrogated in a store. And that is there for life. Once you've been arrested, even though it's a and false can ruin arrest... Your career, your career, like your with, the, with the Treme career. Act or the, your public image. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that is there for life. These police records follow us for life. They're never really expunged. And these photos and things that are trapped on the Internet are there for life. So we have a life sentence of walking around black and being dehumanized and disrespected because of it. All right. Let's Abe, are you there? Can we uh, bring? Okay, I'm glad. Now, you work in store security in some of these high end stores. Tell us what was your take when you heard about these incidents? Well, when when I heard, um, most of the times things could just be taken out of out of like proportion. Um, most of the times, when you out, if if you have stolen something and you're out the door, you really cannot be stopped. A lot of that, when things like that transpire, you have to be stopped before you get to exit. If something happened afterwards, that outside of the door, it's really supposed to be out of the hands of... Well, you're talking about in terms of when security can intervene. Well, I think that's the big question here that that is looming over this entire discussion and this situation. The stores are saying that they they did not take action against these particular shoppers. The NYPD is saying that they were tipped off 
by the stores to these shoppers. I mean, it's like, how do you know as a police officer? And I, I want to invite police officers to call in too. 1-800-223-9797. And, um, you know, let, let us know what you think. It's like, how do you know that somebody that's just walking with a shopping bag, why is that person chosen to be questioned about, as Art Palmer was, Norm, with the, with the receipt? Tell us right. about his experience, because yeah. we wanted to have him here with us the, this morning. The statement just now was not accurate, because Mr. Palmer was in Macy's. He purchased his goods. And then three blocks away from uh, Macy's, four police officers, undercover NYPD, stopped him. So uh, if what the speaker before me just said, if you're talking about the security people, I agree. You can't go out That's on the public street. Right. All right. But the question then becomes, how did the NYPD people know that Art Palmer had just purchased things at Macy's and that he was walking down the, the street three blocks from Macy's? My instinct is that there's got to be a partnership between the retail stores like Macy's and Barney's, et cetera, and the NYPD. I, I'm not naive to think that it just happens out of the blue. And basically watching the statements where they're both pointing fingers at each other, my instinct is they're both guilty. Um, hey, what about the connection when you've, been in the, when you've been working in those high-end stores? And like you said, the security guards are not allowed. If they, if they don't catch a person shoplifting inside the store, they're not allowed to chase them outside the store. But what about the involvement of the police? What, what can you tell us about that? Well, the police came, the police came in and make a move without the store giving them, you know, like an okay. Because one, if, if a security guard doesn't view the person removing the product out of the store physically, there's nothing you know, you're supposed to do. It's yep. just, you know, that's once they're out the door, out the door. If the cops get tipped something, they go after them. That's on, the, you know, the NYPD. I never heard of like you take something, you're already out the store. There's nothing that can be done. Then the cops come after you. That's but how do you know that that person, what I'm saying is the police were a couple blocks away in, in most of these situations. How do they know? And I, I would love for any of the police involved in this to give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Or hit us up on Twitter at street underscore soldiers at Lisa Evers. How do they know that these particular people are shopping? I've been on Madison Avenue. We were on Madison Avenue by Barney's. We were around Macy's. You know, that area is very diverse, especially around Macy's. You have people, you have tours from all over the place. You have people from all over the city, all races, all colors, you know, all backgrounds, all different styles of dress. Tourists that are dressed very casually, you know, that look like they've been on shopping sprees. Everybody's carrying some sort of bag. So how do you know that that particular individual just came out of the store? That's the question. But I think there must be undercover NYPD in the stores. Uh, and we have to find that out. That's why we've asked the Human Rights Commission in New York City to look into this stuff. I know the Attorney General's doing the right thing here, and maybe he can find out. My instincts are that there's got to be a partnership, and there could be undercover NYPD in the store that would explain, for example, if the NYPD undercover is in Macy's and they're reviewing what's going on, or alternatively they're reviewing the videotapes, then they could find out that Art Palmer was in the store, and then three blocks away they go after him. Is that illegal? What if the police are in the store and they say to the store security, "Can we see your? Can we see the surveillance? The surveillance video of the store?" It's up to the uh, retail store to determine whether or not they want to show them. The video is their private property. My instinct is that when a cop says they want to look at the video, the retail store lets them look at the video. Abe, have you ever had police ask you to to see surveillance video from inside the store? 
Yeah, when I get, when they're um, if they're following somebody because but when I heard first the story and I heard that the guy used a credit card and he thought that the credit card was fake, there's a big business out there with credit card fraud. It could be a case like that if they're following somebody from store to store, and most of the cases they do turn out you know truth. Um, there's people that can't tell the difference between a real credit card and a fake one, not with computers that you know you can make them straight up. Uh, but if you're in the store, you use a credit card, the credit card, the authorization goes through, the purchase goes through, the retail, retailer still gets paid regardless, right? So why, yeah. why go after these people? I'm not sure. I've never heard of anything like that, like I said, from, because, I mean, if that was the case, then everywhere, like every high-end store, there would have been a case already, you know, uh, somebody would have came out. You, you think know, there's uh, more to this? You think there's yeah. more to this? Yeah, there has to be a little something. It had to be that they're following them from another location or maybe they did something somewhere else and they didn't catch them at, at that point, you know, and they could just continue to follow them. If, once the cops come in and say, we have to, you know, they, we need to look at your video, you, you should cooperate you with them. You have to cooperate with them. Can, can I yeah, say and something? Yeah, and if something does happen big and the cops get called, you know, it's... You know, it's good to, to have that relationship with them. See, I mean, that's, that's it. That's a, that's, that makes sense. Can I ask you a question? Um, to my understanding, police respond to when they're called. And they usually don't have time to come in and say, let me see the videotape to determine whether this person is or is not guilty. That's what the courts are for. So usually what happens is loss prevention calls the police. They make an accusation. They say that we caught this person shoplifting and police respond. The police don't care whether they shoplifted or didn't shoplifted. They, they only come to respond when they're called. Usually, is this not correct? Right, you never called the police. But he's, the he's, sa he's saying that the police there. come if the the police come right. in the store and say they're following they're following somebody or they thought somebody somebody I'm they thought somebody they're was, in there already. Well, we are, yeah, we know that there there are there are police officers in stores who they are can go in, anywhere. The cops yeah, and they use they're usually police officers in this store. I mean, we've all shopped in Manhattan, so we all know that there are police officers stationed in all of these stores. Most of them are in uniform well that's a that different program yeah but, but that doesn't say that there that none of them are there in plain clothes and we know i know from from being black and shopping that i've been followed around the store by somebody with you know with uh walkie talkie i've seen that well, the question there have been a lot of incidents like that for for women Norman? the question becomes is there a partnership between the government the nypd and the private retail stores. Absolutely. That's the $64 million question here. What is illegal about that to you? Well, there's nothing illegal about it, but then the question becomes whether or not that's what's going on and how widespread it is and what's the program. If and the program is based on racial profiling, if what they're doing is training both the NYPD undercovers and the security people to be on the lookout for young African-American men who are wearing jeans and are hip-hop, etc., that is illegal. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-223-9797. And uh, Professor D'Angelo, Abe, everyone in studio, just feel free to jump in, too. Let's go to Jeffrey from Jersey. Hi, Jeffrey. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. How you doing, guys? Good morning. Good morning. Mm -hmm. um, I just wanted to put my two cents in. Uh, I'm a police officer in Jersey. And the when I heard that the police were saying that they actually got tipped, that's actually how it pretty much works with retail. We don't, uh, I don't know if the same laws apply to New York, but police officers don't 
just walk into store randomly trying to pick shoplifters and so forth unless maybe a, a, a retail store has hired them to maybe be at the door or so forth. Because um, here in Jersey, Walmart, um, Macy's, there's certain stores that do hire police officers in plain clothing, and all we do is walk around. So I don't know if that is what they were doing, but uh, the academy, unfortunately, we are... Um, trained to, in a way, doesn't matter if it's minute, to racial profile based on um, clothing and, and and certain gender. So, like, what do they tell? Say, like, what do they teach you? For instance, um, I'll tell you a perfect example that happens. Um, it happens every Black Friday here at, at a a local Walmart. Yeah, yeah don't mention don't mention the store, please. Okay. If 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 you walk in to a specific store and you look a certain way, um, and you all of a sudden spend this money, you get red flagged. You get Meaning, what? You get red flagged. Red flag. Red flag by store security or by the by the cashier. By the cashiers are the. I've also worked in 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 a lot of retail stores. You get red flagged by okay, you spend a whole lot of money, and you look a certain way, even though the card went through. Um, you know they need to investigate a little more. So even if the card, even if the card went through, now what do you when you say look a certain way? What does looking a certain way mean? I uh, they usually. If you look, um, you can just I spit it out, Jeffrey. Because I think urban, we all know we're talking urban, about more urban, more hip hop. If you're your your pants are saggy, you, you can have a a very flamboyant type of style, flashy watch, you know, and so forth. You walk into a store and you buy something expensive, and you you look like you don't belong because you just bought something that's probably more expensive than the whole outfit you had on, cashiers will usually red flag you. That describes me every time call the security to just investigate if you stay in the store and so forth just to see what are your, what are you buying. And even though cashiers are supposed to ID you and, and the whole process, they still want to make sure just because I believe there was um, the security saying that there is so many credit, credit card theft that they're being extra with, careful. Exactly. All right, Jeffrey. Listen, I want to thank you very much for calling in. We appreciate your uh, your candor and for for giving us the inside scoop on on what's going on there. Thank you so much for calling in. One eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Let's go to Charles from Brooklyn. Charles, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven. Hello, yes, I'd like to say that um, the problem is not really racial profiling, you understand what I'm saying? I think it's more of a the credit card, you know what I'm saying? I was a victim of it myself, you know what I mean? These people, they get fake credit cards, put their names on it, so when they show their ID, it looks like everything is official, you understand what I'm saying? And how they do it is they take a dollar out of, like, a million people's account of their credit card. Now they put it on another credit card. Now they got, you know what I mean? a million dollars worth of somebody else's money on the credit card. So when they go swiping, 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 it's not even their money. So that's the problem of it. You know what I mean? My card is on hold as we speak. I just got off the phone with my bank yesterday. 
for going through this problem. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I think what it is. And about the other guy, what he said about the how somebody looks, that's, that shouldn't be a factor. You know what I mean? Because I wear baggy jeans, you know what I mean? But they're $400 jeans. You know what I mean? I got to watch. That, that shouldn't be a factor. You know what I mean? Because the way a person looks doesn't mean how they spend their money or where they got their money from. But at the same time, it's the credit card for us. So you just got to be careful. All right, Charles, I'm going to put you on hold. I'm going to have TJ get your telephone number because I want to talk with you a little bit more about that, okay? All right. All right. Thank, I mean, Lisa, thank you so could, much for calling in. If I could jump in, I mean, it's great that Charles can afford $400 jeans, but what we have to look at with urban culture is that, again, we are, there was a time where in order to be black in this country, someone was making money off of you because you were a slave. And now to be black in hood or urban or hip hop, whatever we want to call it today, however we want to mask it, today, in order to dress in that style and look like the rappers that you're trying to emulate, you have to also pay $400 in a tax for your jeans when they're available in the hood for 10 and $20. I don't see why, again, in order to be black and express yourself in an urban fashion, someone else is making money off of it. Someone else is profiting from our experience. And a lot of these stores, racism is the policy. There are some stores where it is called revenue-based statistical discrimination because some stores, like a lot of these, the gentrification that's happening just in downtown Brooklyn alone, they're bringing in these very high-end stores into neighborhoods surrounded by African-Americans, and in order for us to shop there, we have to face discrimination because the store's policy is, based on revenue and their clientele, they want to discourage African-Americans from coming in, particularly those dressed in in hood or urban fashion, because their clientele that's making 90% of their money doesn't want to be around them. Oh, so you're saying that that's a race. Let me, Professor D'Angelo, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'd like to jump in. Please. I mean, I, I think she's absolutely correct. Um, Look, we live in a city and a country where uh, stop and frisk is the law. And the police, uh, that's how many of the police interact with the African-American community. That sends a message to the retail stores. So unless the law is changed and the police behavior is changed, then the retail stores are just going to continue profiling. What about undercover racism? Where what Kathleen was just saying, where in some of these high end stores, the the non black, the white, and the Asian, the other shoppers that are there, predominantly white, are uncomfortable when they see young urban black youth, you know, young people that are in there, around them, whether it's it's men or women. Well, I mean, I can't speak for those folks who are uncomfortable uh, in, in those situations, but. Uh, Let's not deny that uh, this is racial profiling, and um, the, the problem of uh, you know one group accepting other groups, uh, I think, uh, has to be dealt with. Uh. Yeah, the difference though here is it's a public accommodation, and when it's a public accommodation, the law says you can't treat people differently based on their race, and until we get the human rights commissions, both in the city and the state to enforce these laws and hold people accountable, uh, it'll go on and on. So what has to happen now is that those agencies and the attorney general need to hold these folks accountable, find them, and set up some training courses for the security people as well as the NYPD, and realistically, we can ameliorate it. I agree with Catherine. I don't think in my lifetime we're ever going to eliminate it, but we could ameliorate it lessen it.
And I want, I want to talk about some solutions when we come back. You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. 1-800-223-9797. Shop and frisk. Is it just more of stop and frisk? Give us a call and let us know what you think at one 800 223 9797. And let, let me let you know, Hot 97 is your Kanye tickets. Also performing Kendrick Lamar in a tribe called Quest. Wow. Free tickets all weekend. Barclays Center, November 19th and 20th. Madison Square Garden, November 23rd and 24th. Tickets on sale now. We'll be back right after this. Every day this week at 7.30 on the Hot 97 Morning Show. We're hooking you up with tickets to see the Brooklyn Nets. You're sitting in Hot 97's private box. Free food. You got to buy your own drinks, though. Okay. One it wide open, throws it down, and a foul. Every day this week on the Hot 97 Morning Show. 7.30 a.m. Tickets to see the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn. Make some noise. The Brooklyn Nets. The Hot 97 Morning Show and you at the game. Right now at the Home Depot. Get a 10-year sealed battery smoke and carbon monoxide alarm started just $24.97. So, let's worry less. Let's do smarter fire safety. Alarms that won't turn off and batteries that won't chirp for 10 long years. Let's do this. Get a worry-free alarms starting at just $24.97. More saving, more doing. That's the power of the Home Depot. U.S. only. See store for details. Trying to sell your old car? Instead, donate your vehicle to Heritage for the Blind. Pickup is free and your donation is tax deductible. Just call 1-800-953-4036. Heritage for the Blind accepts cars, vans, trucks, and boats, whether they run or not. Call right now and receive a free three-day vacation voucher to over 50 locations. Call 1-800-953-4036. Donate your car today. That's 1-800-953-4036. Hey, good morning. What's good, Grandpa? What's good? What's good? How much time do you have? You got the Egg White Delight McMuffin, the Fruit and Maple Oatmeal, the Classic Egg McMuffin, and Egg White's now available on any sandwich. McDonald's is what's good. What's good is an expression, Grandpa. Well, try expressing yourself in English. What's good can always mean McDonald's breakfast. For a limited time, get two sausage McMuffin with egg sandwiches for $3. More morning cravings to love. Prices and participation may vary. See store for details. I heard the fresh fruit taste of premium roast coffee is just a buck at McDonald's. A dollar? I bet it comes in a thimble. Nah, man, you can get that great aroma in any size, small, medium, or large for a buck. Any size? Yep. What if I want to fill a swimming pool? Ha <laughs> ha! See there? Can't fool me. That's your problem. You trust people. <sighs> Why do I let you hang out with me? No conspiracy here. Any size McCafe premium roast coffee is just a dollar at McDonald's. So, seriously, stop by today for more anytime pick-me-up to love. A la carte only. Prices and participation may vary. In our community. In our community. In our community. Everyone has the power to choose. In our community, finding the right health plan is easy. Our community is an affinity community. By now, just about everybody's heard about our country's health care reform. But not everyone knows how to take advantage of these new programs. It can seem complicated, but Affinity Health Plan makes it simple. Introducing Affinity Essential Products on the New York State of Health, the official health plan marketplace, where you can quickly compare plan benefits and prices, as well as get access to more than 30,000 doctors and 68 of the area's best hospitals. Now, finding affordable care is easy. We are an Affinity Community. We are an Affinity Community. We are an Affinity Community. 
Affinity Health Plan. Visit us at affinityplan.org or call 866-731-8001. How would you like a brand new car? Would you like it even better with no payments till next year? At Sansone Auto Mall, make zero payments until 2014 on any vehicle on our lot. That's zero payments until 2014. Or take advantage of our $2,500 bonus check. Plus, financing is always guaranteed. Every vehicle, no payments until next year. Only at Sansone Auto Mall on Route 1 in Woodbridge or SansoneAuto.com. On any vehicle with approved credit, see dealer for complete details. The first real car was introduced in the 1880s, which was about 20 years after Valvoline introduced motor oil. Now, what were we doing introducing motor oil before there was even a car? Well, we're the introducing type. Racing oil, synthetic blend, high mileage, even the first premium recycled oil. It's like we know how America wants to drive before America does. Hmm. We introduced motor oil back in 1866, and we've been reinventing it ever since. Valvoline. 140 years under the hood. The first American auto race took place in 1895. The winner was running on Valvoline, which had been introduced almost 30 years earlier. But that wasn't our last moment of breathtaking foresight. We made all season oil, the first high mileage oil, the first synthetic blend. Now America drives longer, further, faster, and happier than ever. Coincidence? We don't think so. We introduced motor oil back in 1866, and we've been reinventing it ever since. Valvoline. 140 years under the hood. What up? This is Trey Songz, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, real people, only on Hot 9-7. Thank you for that, Trey Songs, and shout out to your music director, Amadeus, and everyone that was at the uh, Grammy U event this week, the amazing one held by Amadeus and ESPN. Congratulations on all the big successes and that whole new ESPN music campaign. Trey Songz, music director, the one and only Amadeus, also supporter of Street Soldiers and our push for peace. We're talking about shop and frisk, racial profiling while shopping. Has it happened to you? Are you involved in law enforcement? You have a different take on this. Give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And let's go right now to uh, Suki from New Jersey. Suki, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Uh, Yes, hi. It doesn't... um only take place in the high-end retail stores. It often happens in some of the local retail stores. Um, we've unfortunately become so accustomed or numb to it, it's actually an in-house community joke. When you go to an Asian store and they say, hurry up and buy. I'm a middle-class American. I have children that are in college. I make a decent amount of money. At 40-plus years old, I still feel uncomfortable when I'm shopping in these stores. And that, that's a that's a terrible thing to have happen, Nikita. You were telling us about the the shoplifting. You know, stop and frisk. The the numbers are pretty clear for that. Over eighty percent black and Latino young men. The but the shoplifting profiles overall, you're saying are a little bit different. Um. Yeah, they're mostly women or minority men. So, and when I say women, it's usually women who are who are immigrants. They look like other. Um, people of color, no matter what color it is. A lot of um, what the policies are in some of these stores, I'm going to use Macy's, for example, because Macy's, in my opinion, is maybe the worst um, at it. Um, and ju- just so you know, Macy's Macy's is not commenting on any of these incidents. Um, they're saying because it's under investigation, and they said that these are NYPD matters. That's their official position. But, but Macy's is in no... I'm, I'm not singling Macy's out. I just know the policies in Macy's just because of my experience in the court. In the Midtown, right. Um, 
basically if you walk past a certain number of registers in Macy's with an item without paying for it, they can accuse you of shoplifting. If you take an item from one floor to the next, they can stop you. Loss prevention stops people and say that you have just shoplifted. Well, I always feel nervous about doing that anyway. Well, you should, but now you should be even more mindful. What if you are returning something and the item that you purchased is in one section and you want to get something else in another section? You have to go get the items usually, correct? Correct. So that that can cause a problem for you and maybe you have just you can be accused of shoplifting also if you're with somebody else who has shoplifted even though you have no knowledge of them shoplifting the philosophy is is that it takes two people to shoplift one person to distract another person to um another person to take the item all right, so like a, a distraction and then the other person actually doing it. Let's bring in uh, former prosecutor and criminal defense attorney Kenneth Montgomery on the line. Kenneth, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi. All right, how are you doing? I'm okay. Hey, listen, what, what is your take on this on this, these shop and frisks? Do you think there's more out there, or do you think these are just isolated cases? No, these, these, these cases are a, uh, a large amount of... Uh, cases that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office prosecutes on a daily basis. Um, And I think Macy's not commenting and saying that it's an NYPD matter is a tip-off that obviously someone shopping or uh, consumer-type behavior has resulted in a criminal action. Well, Barney's is saying the same thing. They're saying it's police matters that they don't racially profile. They absolutely racially profile in the sense that I agree with uh, one of the guests who just mentioned that the majority, I think, is women as well as young people of color. Uh, we live in a consumer-based society. Um, everyone knows it. Uh, you know, we live in a society where if it was a recession, the president, in, in, a, in a holiday season, the president would tell you to spend. That's what our, our economy is based on. These young people uh, are there shopping, many like uh, any other um, consumer, and they're honed in on by police, as well as security, as well as the the owners of these stores, because they work in a symbiotic relationship. Uh, They're going to pass the buck, but obviously they work together. And in that quick instance, it has to be determined that the person, the shopper, has illegally used someone else's funds without their permission or authority. And that that is the decision that has to be made for that uh, arrest to stick. And so for when you have people who have legitimate cards and information, um, that's a problem. And, 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 and the, what they do is they follow the person out the store, hoping that that person walks to a car or walks to another group of people so that they can then stop those people. And get, and get and, into a whole group. All right, let me uh, take a phone call here. James from Queens. James, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, how are you today? Um, I'm a, a Spanish male, and, and, I, and I understand the situation that you're talking about. But I think we got to stop making it a, a Spanish and white and a black and white thing. And I, I hear the woman talking about slavery. How about it's just a fraud thing? How about as a society we're tired of getting our credit card stolen? I yeah, had but why to. Are, why aren't Caucasians then arrested? Oh, right, it was, it was white a nightmare. And it wasn't a Spanish thing. Yeah. And I understand that's, that people that's, are getting that's profiled. That's very amateur I go to stores in a suit. I don't get bothered. I get. I go into a store and I'm in shorts and a t-shirt and they look at me. But you know what? I'm confident I'm not stealing. I'm not going to feel bad. But what is your complexion? Are you what they call in the Latino community a moreno like I am? 
or are you fair-skinned? Is your hair straight? Because we have to understand if Oprah Winfrey and, and Viola Davis and Danny Glover can be stopped, can be you know confused with people that are stealing, then we also have to look at that some members of the Latino community who are not Morenos may not experience this in the same way. I'm, I'm darker, and I have to tell you that I, I was raised poor, born up in an urban area, and then I, my parents did better and I went to college. If I bring up a subject like this to my friends and make it a Spanish white thing, they turn off. Well, they that's, that, that's, that's okay, Pro- Professor D'Angelo. That's unfortunate. That's the problem with our society. That, that's unfortunate because, unfortunately, if one group of people are being treated differently, we're talking about people who are innocent. Right. And, this, this and, is, and this if is our about- attitude is, well, uh, I, can, I, can, I can suffer that because, hey, I wasn't doing anything, then we, as a society, we fail. We're not evolving at all. But it's not okay, evolving. James, I gotta, I gotta let you go. Uh, Professor D'Angelo, did you want to jump in there? Yeah, uh, I'd like to jump in here and uh, sort of uh, join this um, critique of Macy's. Didn't Macy's pay about a half a million dollar six hundred thousand in two thousand five uh, to settle uh, a a suit uh, that they had targeted blacks and Latinos in two thousand and five? What they called scrutiny of theft. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, was there was a, a, a few years ago. It was, it was a while ago. And I, I don't want to get off on the Macy's. I want to get it, stay on the larger issue here. But the in, in terms in terms of the profile the profiling, professor, do you think that this is symptomatic of something larger in our society? Well, yes, it's certainly symptomatic of of uh, of racism. Uh, it, it's not new. Maybe it's a new form. You know what sociologists call covert racism has now taken. Uh, an unspoken form that we can call quiet racism, although uh, I would say these incidents are not so quiet. Oh, exactly. Uh, let's, let's bring in uh, State Senator Eric Adams and candidate for Brooklyn Borough President. He was out there with Norman Siegel and uh, Art Palmer, the man that was stopped after buying the shirts, the polo shirts and ties um, at Macy's. Eric, thanks for being with us. We appreciate it. You're quite welcome. Thank you. What what would you like to see happen with these cases? Are and are they isolated? Because we we haven't seen other people come forward since these four individuals. Um, no, forward. I don't believe I don't believe they're isolated, and uh, I believe that you know people can't confuse what we are saying. Uh, people who are committing uh, larceny and who are shoplifters, they should be pro- uh, persecuted or prosecuted uh, to the full extent of the law and whatever the policies are. That is not what we're saying. We're talking about uh, innocent shoppers who are being stopped, questioned, and their items are searched um, based on a particular profile. So if, in fact, um, an, an officer or, or a store security uh, believes uh, that, you know, have you know, probable cause that somebody committed a crime, they should investigate that. But when you have policies that we, we have been hearing about, where individuals are being stopped, uh, and you're basically saying innocent people caught up in this is just collateral damage, uh, that's not acceptable. And right. That is unacceptable. All right, let's go to Rosemary right now. She's uh, She works in the, or has worked in these high-end stores. Rosemary, are, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay, thanks for being with us. What When you heard about these stories, what went through your mind? Um, well, I am actually of uh, Hispanic descent, and I am taught by these people, these managers, um, in these high-end stores. I work on the North Shore of Long Island, and 
they specifically tell us to look for a certain type of person, make your presence known as they're shopping through the store. You can't ver- you know, go up to somebody and openly say, um, may I look in your bag or uh, may I, you know, what are you looking for? But you have to say, may I help you or continuously, you know, be around them just in case they need assistance. Harass. <laughs> and so, and have you seen cases where people where have they gone after like let, let's say adult grown women well dressed who happen to be black? Um, I have. Um, we actually have uh, code words to them. They're called Nix and Nina. Wow! And mm-hmm. when we walk around the store, our manager and our walking talk will say, "We have a Nina over by um, the home wow. accessory department." How nice a slang name for there. a nine! Exactly, and we have like three associates, sales associates that will just so happen to be fixing the home accessory department as they're shopping in the in the department. So they kinda kinda like swoop in and try to be not not try to be overly to, helpful. Overly helpful. Overly helpful just to make sure that, you know, the their purses are not open. Um, our entrance to our store is very large, so it's very easy to swoop in and out of the store. We do not have a sensor and um, also our company does not provide security. Uh, for the store itself because of the location in the store. They don't want the customers that are regulars to feel uncomfortable in the store to see a, a large security officer by the exit. So It's just cheaper to shame, customers exactly. it's cheaper to to shame the black customers yes, than to exactly. buy a sensor. Mm-hmm. Actually, in our, as opposed to uh, black, we are surrounded by a very large Hispanic community uh-huh. um, in which we are told when you see a specific type of person in the store... That does not, the way our managers explain it to us is that they are not our target clientele. So if you see somebody that is not. The so type somebody's of money is better than somebody else's money. They don't want our black skin, but they, they want our green money. That's it. It's, I don't know. They might not, it sounds like they might not even, even want that. They don't want your money. Ro- well, Ro- Rosemary, I'm going to put you on hold, and uh, TJ or Angelique is gonna get, are going to get your, uh, your telephone to number so we, can, so, so we can talk to you a little bit more about that. And also, I'd love to hear from like a, a security specialist because. You know, we were also told at one point, too, that the, the main shoplifters in stores like that sell women's clothing are women that are dressed like regular shoppers that are in there in terms of blending in with the crowd, whatever that demographic happens well, to be. Well, professional shoplifters aren't usually caught. They're not caught, right? Exactly. No. You're talking about these uh, whatever. And uh, yeah. let's, see what's, let's see what's happening on Twitter. Angelique Tyree, our producer. So Twitter is definitely lighting up this morning. Um, we have one tweet from at ValleyQU who says, so ID is not being asked when it's a credit card transaction in these high-end stores. Another tweet comes from at BlackIce1214 who says, we can't play the race card every time a black male or female gets stopped. We only know part of the story. And another tweet comes from at Queen. 27 who says there is much more to the shoplifting cases and p- racial profiling let's not make excuses for the thieves that are present all right but in these we're cases we're not talking about thieves right right we're talking about people let, let let's make it absolutely clear as senator adams did if someone is breaking the law and they're shoplifting they Arrest should be them. prosecuted to the full extent of the law what we're talking about is people because of their appearance, mainly race, but also class, are stopped, detained, possibly arrested, and they're innocent. Absolutely. And what people should be focusing in on, that that is unfair. It's not what New York City should be about. And when you do this, then you want to know why people are angry and there's tension in the city along race and class lines. 
Here it's because is the reason. Kenneth Montgomery, yeah. Attorney Kenneth Montgomery, if somebody is accused of shoplifting and they absolutely did nothing wrong, what should yeah. they do? If they're in the store, let's take two scenarios, by the store security and then like these uh, these cases where they're out on the street by police. Well, I think I think you should, one, uh, think along the lines with with, with what attorney Mr. Siegel uh, has has defined his career about, which is your civil liberties um, and, and taking that seriously. Now, if there's a criminal component, you have to uh rethink what's going on because now you you're in a situation where you may suffer a criminal record you may lose a job you may get a, a divorce you may have an issue with your child or family like now your your name is is uh Sully in in the public norman so you have, if, if, you, know, if you, you have to figure out what to do in that regard <clears throat> and and i would say protect your rights at all costs and if that store or these security officers or the police are uh, wrongfully arrested you or falsely arrested you and the DA's office maliciously prosecuted you, uh, all those things have to be addressed through the law, and they should be held accountable for that. This is 2013. What you should do, very simply, if you're accused wrongly, you plead not guilty. You get a lawyer or you get someone assigned to you, you fight the false arrest, and then potentially you have the opportunity, if you want, to sue under federal, state, or city laws claiming your civil rights are violated. What about if they ask you to, at the store, if they ask you to sign something at any point? Should you? If if you you did not do it, I tell everybody, if they're asking you to sign something that you didn't do, do not sign it. Cannot sign at all. Don't even consider it. it, It's it's that simple. All right, let's go to uh, Willie from Patterson right now. Willie, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, doing? Good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm calling because the fact that corporations control the government. So corporations control the government, then they're not going to change these laws that they have against black America, Spanish America, all the minority that's out there. So the problem is that we need to stop spending our money. I know earlier you said that they don't want our money. They do what I want. They want our money, but mm-hmm. they looking for a certain type that they don't want our money. So we all stick together. And stop well, I'm so, I said that business. because <clears throat> if you're do if you do are in customer service, you worked in retail, you treat customers a certain way. You're the way you you serve your you're there to serve your customers, not abuse them or treat them like suspects. That's that's why I said what? that. <clears throat> Yes, and I agree with that, but it starts with the big corporations because they control everything. No, corporations don't control the government, and if they do, let's get rid of people in government. Well, well, they're doing a good job of uh, making special interests, and we have to take them on. We can't just accept that premise. We are the people. They work for us. Accepting it, it's a matter of practically speaking. Well, let's fight them. Are very influential in government. Tough, tough. They're influential, but we're the people, and and together we're more powerful than anyone if we come together. And I I agree with what he's saying. We should stick together, and we should reconsider uh, where we spend our money, and there needs to be transparency with these corporations and the suits that they're involved with concerning some of these discriminations. And I just, uh, at all. State Senator Eric Adams, you were in the NYPD, retired as a lieutenant. You've been involved captain, in the captain. I'm captain. I keep forgetting. I missed that promotion uh, promotion announcement. Captain. All right, captain. What can, what can be done so that people do not suffer the indignity of being accused of doing something that they did not do? Well, I think exactly uh, what uh, Norman just alluded to. 
oftentimes we go through these uh, mishaps, and many people have uh, embraced the belief that, well, that's just the cost of living in New York or living in America. Uh, if I didn't do anything wrong, um, I shouldn't worry about some people feel embarrassed. They just they, they dismiss what happens to them. And so we say no to that. We say first you should go through the formal process of filing complaints, either with the store and or um, with the police department. As you saw in the Palmer situation, he followed through. He filed a, he filed a complaint with the store when they denied it. He went to the precinct and he filed a CCRB. So he had the paper trail when it was time to come forward. So the number one thing is we are Americans. Fight for your right. Don't ever surrender your right to be able to live in the pursuit of happiness, and that also includes shop, shopping. But we also have to think about the the role of the criminal justice system in this this whole thing. What usually happens is is that if you're a young Latino black person who doesn't have the money to go to court, your um, court appointed attorney will tell you you should settle. Absolutely. That if you if you come back and fight this case, it's going to cost you more money. You might lose your job for taking time off of work. You might have to pay court court fees. All these other things that people say, you know what, if this is the case, I'll just plead down. They'll seal the records and, I'll, you know, who cares? But what ends up happening sometimes is that if you are an immigrant, which a lot of these people who I saw in the courts were, if you get arrested, that can mess up your immigration case. Your status and also come Absolutely. back to haunt you later on. Norman Seeley, yes. we're shaking your head with that. Well, I, I think for the lawyers. Don't settle. Well, when, right. I think that Ms. Banks writes a good point, but I always say to, <clears throat> to the lawyers, then you're part of the system and that they shouldn't be doing that. If Absolutely. Somebody, if somebody didn't do what they were accused of, they should not admit to a falsehood in and of itself. And we got to try to get that across to people. And hopefully there are enough people out there who believe with what Senator Adams said and what Ms. Banks is saying, and they'll fight it. You have to fight for your rights. You don't get your rights on a silver platter. You have to fight. Our history in America shows that you can make some incremental progress if people fight back. And you have some rights, and you have to stand up and say, I didn't do it. And if you're accused of something that you didn't do, my advice is fight fight it. Mm -hmm. Fight at all costs. We have to understand that we have to police the perceptions here because it's people's perceptions in these stores, at these counters, at the security terminal or wherever that is causing us to be convicted based on their perception. And so we also have to push back on these stores. If you have a policy of looking the other way when your store clerk's perception is causing people to be harassed, then these people need to, we need to fight back, but then we need to go back to those stores and demand those people's jobs. And we also need to i have to say it we have to buy black if we don't support more local businesses businesses that respect our dollar businesses that are not profiting off of shaming us then we are we're partly to blame we need to buy black and continue to invest in organizations that invest in respecting us and then believe you me because everything is about the almighty dollar the other companies will follow suit because at the end of the day they want our money there has to be uh, training of when Yusuf Hawkins was killed in Bensonhurst, uh, I and a guy named Gallen Kirkland, uh, under the New York Civil Rights Coalition, set up a class of undoing stereotypes. It goes on right now. The Civil Rights Coalition, Michael Myers, runs this program. We have to create that kind of curriculum at the Human Rights Commission, 
in these retail stores at the NYPD, we can make incremental progress by undoing the stereotypes. What I believe this is all about is the stereotypes, the perceptions that are out there about young people of color, and not even young people of color, all people of color. And the way you confront and overcome that is by talking about it and training people to undo those stereotypes. All right, uh, Senator, State Senator Eric, Eric Adams, final, final word here. I'm, I'm up against the clock. And, and I just think it's so important that if we walk away with anything, um, I just want to really emphasize what uh, Norman Siegel stated. Um, the history of progress in dismantling injustices came from those who are willing to do not only personal sacrifice, but were willing to sacrifice for the better good. You have to fight injustices wherever you see it. All right, and on that note, I want to thank all of our guests for being with us this morning. Norma, Norman Siegel, civil rights attorney. Nikita Banks, licensed social worker. Kathleen Daniel, uh, Brooklyn community activist. Attorney Kenneth Montgomery. New York State Senator Eric Adams. Professor Raymond D'Angelo from St. Joseph's College. And also, A, we heard from him earlier. And uh, thank you all for being with us on this episode of Street Soldiers, which is being brought to you by BET. See Tracy Ellis Ross and Regina King host Black Girls Rock Sunday, November 3rd. That's today at 7 p.m. only on BET. And big shout out to Beverly Bond and everybody at Black Girls Rock. And check that out on BET. Uh, show some love and support at 7 o'clock. If you want a free podcast of this show or any previous Street Soldiers episodes or any of my stories for Fox 5 News, Find out what we're doing, lisaevers.com. Next Sunday, we're going to be talking about making it in the music industry. If you'd like to participate in that show or you have ideas for us, hit me up, lisaevers97 at gmail.com. That's lisaevers97 at gmail.com. And I want to thank my whole Street Soldiers team, executive producer Tone Capone, associate producer Angelique Tyree, our production supervisor, Andrew Veris. Drew, get well soon. Our board op, tech support, and all-around my all-round everything today. The one and only TJ. Um, and remember, check me out on Fox 5 News at 5, 6, and 10. LisaEvers.com, Twitter, at LisaEvers. You know how we do. Have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. What's up, y'all? This is Kanye West. Worse. This is another Hot 97 official concert exclusive. Only Hot 97 has your tickets. Oh, man. It's a Kanye, Kendrick, and Tribe weekend on Hot 97. The Yeezus Tour. November 19th and 20th at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. November 23rd and 24th at the Garden. Yo, what up, y'all? It's Q-Tip. The classic. Here we go, yo. Meets the future. Oh, what? On one stage. Kanye West, Kendrick Lamar, and a Tribe Called Quest all live in concert. Tickets on sale now. Tickets on the way. Everything you do on the Newsprint Network is important. The following reenactment honors a reality show streamed by Ashley on our new Samsung Galaxy Tab 3. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to find true love. And if you, expletive deleted, get in.